I realized tonight's singing night just before I came here. My dad said, I've never seen anybody study three weeks to give a 15-minute sermon. Um, but we'll be singing, I promise. We may sing in five minutes and maybe 45 minutes from now, but we'll be singing nonetheless eventually. Um, there's a conversation that took place some 2,000 years ago one night, and we've had that recorded for us in the Bible. That's a conversation that Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus. In that uh, conversation, many things were said and many great truths, one of which is we came to be known as, uh, to us as John chapter 3, verse 16, sometimes referred to as the golden text of the Bible where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that him that believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And some of our denominational friends or some of our family members may pull that, out of, pull that verse out of context and say, See, Jesus said it himself. That to be saved, all one has to do is to believe. But do you realize in the same night, in the same conversation with the same man, just moments earlier, Jesus has made a uh, definitive statement. He said, do not marvel that I said you must be born again. He also said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So how important is it to be born again? Jesus said in no uncertain terms that it was necessary and crucial. It's vitally important. Nicodemus didn't understand Jesus' symbolic message, Jesus using birth as a symbol of a, the a process of a birth to be applied to us spiritually. Nicodemus didn't understand Jesus' symbolic message and asked, how can a man be born again when he is old? Well, Jesus clarified that he wasn't speaking of a natural physical birth, but a spiritual one. In John chapter 3, verse 5, he said, except a man be born again, or I'm sorry, be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus clarified that he wasn't speaking of a natural physical birth, but a spiritual one. He said that which is born of flesh is flesh, or that which is physical is, comes from physical. That which is born of the spirit, which I'm talking about, Nicodemus, is spirit. I'm speaking of a spiritual, spiritual birth. This is a spiritual rebirth. Now, and today when we talk to most people who are claim to be part of Christendom or Christianity, almost every, every one of them will say, I'm a born-again Christian. The term born-again Christian has come to be a familiar, overused phrase that has been thrown around pretty loosely, right? And most people in Christendom would agree or do believe that you have to be born again to be saved. But how each one defines being born again can differ from person to person depending on who you're talking to and the religious affiliation. I googled born again just to see what kind of uh, results came up. Here are some of the things that um, people in Christendom define as being born again. One site said, faith in Christ, trust in Christ, accept Christ, and you will receive the new birth through prayer. Another one said, it's having a personal relationship with Jesus. Another site said, the Holy Spirit will come live in you when you pray this prayer, and you will be born again. Another one said it's a supernatural act of God. Through his Holy Spirit, he enters us miraculously, convicts us of wrongdoing, and brings new life to our souls. Another one said, ask Jesus to be part of our lives. That's when God's Spirit penetrates our hearts and helps us be more like him. That's when we're born again. And almost to a T, every one of these websites said, baptism is not part of being born again. What does Jesus say about it? How does Jesus define being born again? 
Since Christ is the king, and a king defines how one enters his kingdom or puts forth the conditions or terms by which one enters his kingdom, he has all authority over his spiritual kingdom. Therefore, he sets the terms for entrance. He said one must be born again to enter his kingdom. And as we know from John chapter 18, verse 36, his kingdom is a spiritual one. So look, let's uh, take a look at and think about the new birth or being born again. Let's start by looking at three elements of a physical birth. We have a begetting. We'll define that in a second. We have a delivery or a bringing forth from the womb. We have the state into which one enters as a result of the process. Three elements of a birth. Jesus mentioned in his conversation with Nicodemus three elements. He mentioned spirit, he mentioned water, and he mentioned the kingdom. So what's the correlation? What role do these three play in the three elements of a birth? A begetting, a delivery, or a bringing forth, and a state into which one enters as a result of the process. First, let's look at a begetting, or the implantation of a seed in a physical birth. Beget, what's that mean? Well, Webster defines it this way, to bring into existence by the process of reproduction, to procreate as a male, or being the source of the seed. We all know in a physical birth, the male provides the seed, and the woman provides the womb. If you have a King James Version, you may read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 2, these words. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Isaac came from, or was begotten by, Abraham, Abraham's seed. Abraham was the source of the seed which produced Isaac. That's what that means, begetting. It's the implantation of the seed or being the source of the seed. What about a spiritual birth? Who, what is a begetting in the spiritual birth? Of whom are we begotten of? Who is the source of the seed? What is the seed? Well, the spiritual seed is the word of God, right? Jesus said that in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, that the seed, when he was talking about the reproduction process of plant life, he mentioned the seed, he mentioned the soil, and that the seed planted in the right soil produced fruit. And he said in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, the seed is the word of God. Well, the same thing is true in the spiritual rebirth. The seed is the word of God. Who is the source of the seed, or who is the source of the word of God? 2 Timothy 3.16 said, all scripture is inspired of God. 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. John 16, verses 12 through 15. We'll read that right quick. It says, I still have many things, this is Jesus speaking to his apostles, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the spirit inspired or guided men to inerrantly write down the word of God. He is the source of the seed, the seed being the word of God. He works through the seed of God. This being born of the spirit is being begotten by the spirit or being begotten by the word of God. That is a seed that is planted. 
Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the medium through which the Holy Spirit, or the instrument the Holy Spirit works through to penetrate the hearts of men, or to cut the hearts of men, to work on the hearts of men, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we are begotten by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. So how does he begat us? How are we born of the Spirit? James said in chapter 1, verse 18, Of his own begat us, catch that, begat us, with the word of the truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creation. There's the word begat, the begetting. 1 Peter 1, 23, Since you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God. You've been born again by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. That we have the seed again, that we have the word of God, that we have the born, the begetting. 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, this is Paul speaking, yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ I have begotten you, how Paul, through the gospel. We are begotten or born of the Holy Spirit through the medium through which the Holy Spirit works, which is the word of God. We are begotten by the seed, or the word of God, of which the Holy Spirit is the source, and through which he works on men's hearts, and that produces belief. So being born of the Spirit, or being begotten of the Spirit, is having the seed of God implanted into our hearts, and that goes to work on our hearts, right? So we are begotten of the seed, or I'm sorry, yes, of the seed, which is the word of God. That's being born of the Spirit. Let's think about the second element of a birth. You have the bringing forth or delivery, right? You're being moved from one state to another, being brought forth from one state and delivered into another state. In a physical birth, you think about being brought forth from the mother's womb to a new state or place. You're physically born into a family, right? Well, Jesus mentions a second element. We already mentioned the spirit. Jesus then mentioned the water. What is the role of water in spiritual rebirth? I had a, uh, I was speaking to a, a lady one time, we were talking about religious things, and I was talking about uh, baptism, being born again. I mentioned this verse, John chapter 3, you know, being born of water and spirit. And she said, well, the water doesn't mean baptism. She got on her phone and Googled right quick, and she goes, here, see? It says the water means the amniotic fluid that comes from my mother's womb. One of the telltale signs of the, about to have a delivery, right, is when the mother's water breaks. And that's what she said the water in this verse meant. So she's saying that you physically, Jesus is saying that you have to be born physically and then be born of the Spirit. Well, didn't Jesus clarify this to Nicodemus when he was speaking to him? He said, I'm not speaking of a physical birth. Nic Nicodemus had the same misunderstanding. He said, how can a man be born when he is old? Speaking of a physical birth. He thought Jesus was speaking of a physical birth. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, Jesus corrected him and clarified that he was not speaking of a physical birth. Remember Jesus said in John 3, verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh. I'm not talking about that, Nicodemus. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. I'm speaking of spiritual things, of spiritual rebirth. Not speaking about amniotic fluid or seminal fluid or anything physical like that. John chapter 3, then. What is the water referring to? Well, let's look at two verses that are kind of parallel verses, correlate with each other. John chapter 3, verse 5 says, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, in the verse that Titus just read a minute ago, said, For in one spirit were we all baptized into one body. So if we line these verses up together, they're both talking about a conversion process, right? Going from outside the kingdom into the kingdom, from outside the body into the body. They both mention the spirit, right? Jesus said, unless one is born of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Paul mentioned the spirit. He said, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So they both mention a role of the spirit through the word of God, of course. As we just pointed out a few minutes ago, spirit works through the word of God. Both mention the same result. Jesus said, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Entrance into the kingdom of God is the result. Paul said, for in one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Entrance into the body. They both mention the spirit. They both mention the same result, being in the kingdom or being in the body. So what's left in these verses? <coughs> Jesus used the word water. Paul used the word baptism. Is it reasonable then to say the water in John 3, 5 is the same as the baptism in 1 Corinthians 12, 13? I think that's a reasonable conclusion to come to, probably the only conclusion you can come to. They're both speaking of a conversion process from being outside the kingdom or outside the body and becoming into the kingdom and into the body. Both mentioned the spirit, Jesus mentioned water, Paul mentioned baptism. Jesus made this clear, too, in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He said that he that believes and is baptized will be saved. Well, where does belief come from? Well, faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God, right? Romans 10, 17. So when one comes in contact with the word or the spirit who works through the word of God, that produces belief, which produces obedience, which means one would be obedient to the word of God and the instruction to be baptized. So we're being delivered, we're being brought forth from what? In a physical birth, we're being brought forth from the womb and being delivered into a new state of existence due to that process. What in a physical rebirth are we being brought forth from? Jesus' resurrection is said to be, in Colossians 1.18, a birth from death. Colossians 1.18 says, he is the firstborn from the dead. Likewise, it says when one is scripturally baptized, he is raised to walk in a newness of life, a new life, a birth from death, right? We were dead in our sins. We identify with his death, we identify with his burial, and we identify with his resurrection when we are baptized. Let's read Romans chapter 6 right quick. Verses 1 through 5. I'm sorry. 3 through 5. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So when one is scripturally baptized, they're brought forth or delivered from a state of being dead in our sins to a new life, to being alive in Christ. When? When we're obedient. When the Spirit, working through the Word of God, produces belief in our heart, this belief produces obedience. That's what we call faith, right? Belief 
and obedience. Belief that leads to obedience. And that obedience is to obey the command to be immersed in water. That's the water or the role of the water in the spiritual rebirth. So we've looked at the begetting. We have the Holy Spirit begetting us through the word of God, the seed. We have the bringing forth and delivery from being dead in our trespasses to being into the kingdom, into the body, from death into life. And third element of a physical birth we can look at is the new state one enters as a result of the process. A state in which one enters as a result of this being born again or the spiritual rebirth. What is the result or the goal of the new birth? Remember, we can't enter the kingdom unless we're born again. The kingdom of God, that's the goal. This new birth, the goal of the new birth, the result we are looking for is entrance into the kingdom of God, a new state in which we exist. One enters the kingdom, or one is born into the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is the church. Jesus made that clear in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. He said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So he interchangeably uses church and kingdom. Okay? The church is also the body. So the kingdom is the church. The church is the body. Ephesians 1, 22, 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The church equals the kingdom. The kingdom equals the body. The body equals the church. They're all synonymous. The body is the saved. Ephesians 5, 23, Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Who's he the savior of? The body. Who's the body? The body is the church. Who's the church? The church is the kingdom. They're all used interchangeably. If one is not born again, that person cannot enter the kingdom. If one is not born again, he cannot enter the church. If one is not born again, he cannot enter the body. If one is not born again, he doesn't receive salvation, because that is found in the body. So that's the goal, that's the new state of existence, the new state of being that we hope to achieve by the process of being born again. If one is not born again, that person cannot enter the kingdom, the church, the body, the saved. One cannot be saved without being born again of water and the spirit. Jesus made that clear. I've spoken to more than one person on, on different occasions who made this claim. Well, I was saved, and then I was baptized to show that I was saved. Well, that's not what Jesus said, is it? That's not the order he put forth. He said one must be born of spirit and water to enter the kingdom of heaven. The birth from spirit and the birth from water had to precede being in the body of the saved. That's what he said. Unless one is born again of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God kingdom as we just point out is the church which is the body which is where salvation is found so one is not saved and then baptized one is not saved until they're born of the water and the spirit so what's Jesus saying is there a way to sum this up quickly and, and pretty concisely I would say it this way unless one is baptized according to the instruction of the Holy Spirit through God's word he cannot be saved he cannot enter the kingdom so that's kind of a brief lesson on being born again. I've had several conversations with people who speak of being born again, but then when you mention these verses or mention the water, their response is almost always the same. I'm saying that has nothing to do with baptism. 
They think of it as a miraculous act of the Holy Spirit that enters you, and then you're born again. Well, Jesus says the birth comes after coming in contact with the Word of God, and that Word of God producing belief, and that belief producing obedience. So now I need to ask myself, and you can ask yourself, have I been born again? Have I allowed the Word of God to penetrate my heart, go to work in my heart, produce belief, which then produces obedience, which then produces salvation?